You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. I'm frightened. Don't worry. Condor Man has it all figured out. I wish that was the case with this movie, but it wasn't because... We'll get into it. Anyway, this is 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. I'm the other Daniel Santangelo. No, he's not because he's not here with our producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. We need to figure out how Dan- why Daniel isn't here each week, you know, related to the movie. Yeah. So he flew <laughs> off on wings. And he's a comic book artist. He crash landed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was in this vehicle that had these floaties appear on the side, and instead of... It, it, just, didn't, it just didn't turn out well. Yeah, he was in that first take as the stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, going into Condor Man, let me just preface this by saying I now know how Daniel felt when I made him watch Howard the Duck. Uh, but really? anyway, yeah. <laughs> this is episode 92, Asia Visited, our first requested movie of Request Month. Now, the funny thing about Request Month is you have to have a request for it. Yeah. I assure you we had a request for this movie, but I went back through every email, every trash thing, and I could not find the person who recommended it. However... I do know for a fact it was mentioned on a previous previous episode, but 92 episodes in, I didn't have the time to go back and listen to everyone to find the person. I know it was a dude. Oh, wait, oh, wait never There Jesse, we go. Never mind. <laughs> Jesse finds it in five seconds. I'm at work like, Jesus Christ. I know it wasn't this email. Uh, Stephen Davis. There we go. So that, that, that makes request month true now, because at first we're going to say, whoever requested it, oh. I'm not lying. Somebody requested this movie. Yes. But uh, Stephen Davis... Uh, actually, Back he said, yeah, this year, uh, I love Adrian's Visit. I have a suggestion for a show. Before there was Batman, Spider-Man, or the Avengers, we had in 1981, Condor Man. Condor Man. That's the only time you'll ever see those heroes and movies mentioned in the same sentence <laughs> as Condor Man, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, man. Now, again. See where I, this is going. One of the <laughs> charming things about this podcast is that, you know, it's usually a movie when we had, when Daniel was here, that a movie that I loved, no matter what, for the most part. And then Daniel was seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. For Request Month, I'm seeing, with the exception of the last film, I've seen, it's the first time I've seen any of these. So you you're have no getting no love for any of it. No, there, <laughs> there is no nostalgia right, at right. all with this. But anyway, let's get to the facts before we get to the opinions. Sure. Condor Man was released August 7th, 1981, IMDb 5.6, which is a pretty decent IMDb score for, especially for this film, if you ask me. Oh, uh, critics, facts first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, it is a fact what I think about it. <laughs> With but, great uh, regret, this movie was released in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> With the unforeseen disaster of... Uh, uh, anyway, was 25% critics, 65% audience. In case you haven't noticed, I agree with the critics. Uh, no information on the budget, no information on the opening, no information on the domestic gross, much less a worldwide gross. Uh, this is all according to IMDb and boxofficereport.com. I think that's the site I use. Uh, for budget information. Uh, this was directed by Charles Girat. Uh He also did The Last Flight of Noah's Ark and other TV <laughs> movies. And the Last Flight of Condor, Condor Man. <laughs> Which was also titled Condor Man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, written by Mark Sturdivant. He did one episode of Beretta. Now, this blew my mind. Now, go, 
going into this movie, like I didn't, only, I knew Oliver Reed, he's in it, which I'll get to in a second. But Condor Man himself is played by a gentleman named Michael Crawford, mm-hmm. which when I was watching his name come up in the credits, I'm like, I know, I know a Michael Crawford. This can't be the same guy. The Michael Crawford that I knew before this movie was the originator of the role of the Phantom in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. Right. This is the same dude. <laughs> so, yep. uh, okay, this dude is an amazing singer. He is so much better of a singer than an actor. Uh, but I was just like, no way. This cannot be the same guy. Sure enough, look it up. Yeah, it's him. In Condor. He's, he's also Condor Man. Uh, he was also in Hello, Dolly. But, I mean, hey, that's a musical. So right. that, that benefits from his true talent. Uh, as I mentioned, Oliver Reed was Krokov, the villain. Of course, he was, uh, I think, pr- uh, something with a P in Gladiator. The one that set him free was some with a P. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he's also in The Brood. He was in uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Tommy. Uh, he died not too long Well, I say not too long ago, but it's been a while, I'm sure, because I'm bad with time frames. Uh, Barbara Carrera, the lovely Barbara Carrera in this movie, was Natalia. She was also a Bond girl, Never Say Never Again. And also in Lone Wolf McQuaid. Uh, which I've never seen, but I've always heard that movie title and I always thought it sounded cool. So, <laughs> and anyway, uh, James Hampton was Harry. He was also in probably the most recognizable face in this movie because uh, he was the dad in Teen Wolf and uh, Sling Blade, which Dana would be quick to point out if he were here that he was in Sling Blade. Mm. Uh, and also Dana Elkar was kind of like ha- uh, Harry's handler or manager. I don't know what you call it, his <laughs> boss. Uh, he was Russ, but most importantly, he was MacGyver's bumbling boss slash sidekick whatever he was in that show he was always he was always macgyver would take a paper clip and uh a bottle of pills and make a bomb out of it and he'd be like he'd be he's always the one that'd go macgyver <laughs> you know just drop like he'd always be the one to like be the no matter what macgyver made he was always amazed to where you know it wasn't like whoa it was just like macgyver he got used to it, it he made macgyver an adjective i guess that'd be the correct macgyver uh, and also a verb, I guess. He MacGyvered it. You totally MacGyvered that guy. I have no short-term memory. <laughs> What's Everything's your name impressive. Yeah. <laughs> MacGyver has like a box. He's like, MacGyver. He's like, it's, it's just a box. I'm, it's just a box. I'm just putting some stuff in. He's like, MacGyver. <laughs> he starts his car with a key. MacGyver. I'll forget your name. Who are you again? <laughs> it's like a memento. Yeah. Why do I have MacGyver just... written repeatedly all over me? <laughs> He takes off his shirt. It's <laughs> like they're tapping backwards. And <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's the cast. Now, uh, I've had, we had a couple of emails from people when we announced we were doing Condor Man. Like, oh, yeah, I love Condor Man. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Well, I'm sorry that I have to disagree with you. Ooh. But I rarely fall asleep during movies. What? But I was just sitting there, you know, just slowly. I caught myself falling asleep, I should say. I was like, oh, well, okay, it's, this has got to be over soon. <laughs> and again, I don't because we love bad movies on this podcast. We I love Howard the Duck. This okay. Let me start with the good things about this movie before I have to delve into everything else about it. Uh, the car chases were pretty cool. The mm-hmm. act, like, not inside the cars, where we're kind of watching now, <laughs> but the actual driving aspects were, you know, aside from terrible effects, were you know not bad at all. Uh, and that's about it. The Condor Man costume well, is the was Dark ridiculous. Knight of 1981. Yeah, it just says a lot about 1981. <laughs> okay, because eight Not years so later, Tim Burton Knight. is like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, and when watching all of these movies, I really tried to think like, 
if I if the younger me would have seen this because I, I mentioned this movie before because I always saw the cover and I was like, what is this movie? But never, luckily, rented it as a kid. Uh, you might so, have liked it though. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 this one is hard for me to say because Condor Man appears briefly in the beginning on the Eiffel Tower. He doesn't uh-huh. appear again as you know uh-huh. Condor yeah. Man till the very end. Of course, he's in the Condor mobile and the Con boat or whatever you want to call his menagerie of vehicles. You know, but it's just like I was I, as a kid, I probably would have been bored with it, to where it wasn't because there's no Condor Man. I would, right. I would I would have rented it because of the cover. It's Iron Man three. Good. That's a good modern. <laughs> that's exactly. That is literally correct. That is so correct. It's like. Hey, I'm, I'm Condor Man again, and I am the bumbling, you know, I'm trying to imitate Leslie Nielsen for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, he sounds like Regis Philbin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Condor Man! Hey! Make it a triple. He really does. <laughs> and I, there were some genuine uh, funny parts to me, like uh, I, I lost my shit when, they're, uh, when they get shot off the snow thing, and they fall, and it's the perfectly, like, hole, oh, like yeah. cartoon holes. I'm just like, I busted out laughing. But, uh, <laughs> Do you have a code name? This movie is only bad to me because honestly because I'm watching it now. I do think if I watched it when I was a kid, it would have been more entertaining. Because I mean he's very slapstick. Yeah. You know it's it's like that same kind of humor that I do like because I love the Three Stooges, I love the Naked Gun. That part was actually pretty funny where he's trying to impress the girl with the drink and can't put it out. Uh, and she just had, she's got some sexy lips. Yeah. But yes. you know, uh, I was and going into it this time. I was Most extremely disappointed that there was <laughs> there was no there was hardly any Condor Man. Yeah, you know, uh, it was it was it reminded me of an ep- like a movie version or a really long episode of The Greatest American Hero. Yeah, How, you know, yeah, I which felt that. I mean that show was great back in the day. I haven't seen it since then, so I'm sure it's still <laughs> not great. But it had that theme song. You know, Condor Man doesn't have anything going for it uh, except you know, cool car chases. Uh, the Condor Mobile looked cool. A terrible paint job, but like, you know, if it was solid black, it could have been a Batmobile. Uh, he did not try to hide his face whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> and his disguises were so terrible. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I'm sorry to disappoint anybody who thought, like, oh, he's got to love, you know, he, he loves Howard the Duck and Big Trouble of China. I bet he loved Condor Man. I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, this is where we would have to differ, but that's the beauty of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Opinions matter. Yeah, but I, you know, I wish I could honestly say how exactly I'd feel about it if I saw it as a kid. But revisiting it for the first time, this movie doesn't hold up at all. That effect where he covers it, makes the ramp, <laughs> and the dude see, the driver yeah. sees that like, oh, I don't, like, I don't care. I'm just yeah. gonna, I'm gonna jump this fool. And then there's like, and the, it's funny. The movie next week is like the same thing that just happened. I know. You know like, but um, anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if it, I would love to hear what you, again. A lot of the people that would send us emails were going to tell us because what they liked about it when they were a kid. But I really want to know. Yeah. What did you like about it so much that you know? Have you and have you seen it recently? Because mm. I have, and I'll never watch it again, ever, <laughs> wow. in my life. I'm not saying it's bad. Mark I'm just calendars. saying it doesn't hold up at all. It is so television show. You know, like the stereotypical bad guy with the bad eye. <laughs> And to, uh, here's what I didn't understand. He's a, you know, he makes a statement like, uh, "I write my comics only on stuff that I can actually do." So I literally build a Condor Man suit and fly and whatever. But then the villains get an issue of a comic. This is before it happens, where it says like, "Ah, he's going to flee across the border here." 
So while he's extracting this spy out of enemy territory, he's still drawing comics about what he's about to do, sending them to the publisher somehow. They're getting printed and distributed all over the world to where the villains have a copy of the comic book. Let's see what he's doing. It's yeah. like, oh, he's going to do this. He's like, and it's so, non- so nonchalant. He's like, I know exactly where he's going to cross the border. And you're like, oh, how? And he's like, he's a comic artist. And it's, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I mean, I pro- had I maybe had a few drinks, I probably would have really liked this movie. That may be just a part because of it. it 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 really is silly. Mm-hmm. And I'm I, I'm not saying that it's that's a bad thing about it that they weren't going for that, but it's just. I mean, what's that movie? About? Deadly Prey. Yeah, you know, love that movie, and it's pretty damn cheesy. And I think that's what Condor Man stays around for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of people back this movie as well. Which is hey, that, that's great. Not I'm, we just got to disagree on this one, my fellow podcasting friends. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was not, I was not impressed. The, the the good things that I could find in it don't outweigh the bad, to me. Uh, but enough of. Uh, but again, tell us what you think. Eightiesvisit at gmail dot com. Here's some trivia stuff about it, which uh, I read all the trivia for this movie before watching it. Because I really didn't think it was going to be deep enough to have any kind of spoiler thing. Like, actually, the black dude is Condor Man, or you know, some yeah, big some twist switcheroo. or something. So, like, luckily, and there isn't. Well, so. While we're discussing it, if they were to reboot this, what direction should they go with? Com- comedic or serious? Definitely comedic, but just I, I think the the core story isn't necessarily that bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it works for the the a comic film, comic right. as in comical, you know, the over the top stuff. But it, it, you know, for it's like, is this an action movie? Is it a comedy? There's so little of both. There's really just a lot of unfunny stuff that happens. Yeah. To me, that just drags it down. Hmm. Like the whole little fight scene in the beginning at the, you know, uh, it reminded me of Team America, the bar that he's in. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the. Uh, which they could have spoofed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was. They could have uh, done that on purpose. Which you know that all the little slaps that you know, ducking accidentally in the punches. You know that that wasn't bad at all. That was that was reminiscent of Naked Gun and other kind of things. Uh. That did that same kind of thing, but better. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely be... Like, this is something they could redo and make it funny and make, you know, have it be that kind of movie that has the... It's good... Last Action Hero. A lot of people don't like it, but it's got some great action and mm-hmm. it's got some good humor. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an entertaining movie to me. Uh, I'm to even, sprinkle in the humor. Yeah. It's, it's... I think that's really... Honestly, I think that's really... You kind of hit it on the head. The biggest thing about this movie is there's so many stretches where it's just like... Now I gotta do this. You know, it's just exposition for now the I sake of exposition. Because he's Regis, and it's not, <laughs> and it's not funny. You know, uh, and he's such a bad actor; it makes it like his character's funny because of how just he's bad. He is. You know, yeah, exactly. Like I gotta get you out of here. You know, again <laughs> the Regis thing. I wish you, I wish I would have thought of, or <laughs> like you would have mentioned that here. you yeah. know before I watched it because then it made it do much more impression. enjoyable. <laughs> But yes, uh, he sounds like. <laughs> oh, this is not. Oh, that's the foreign English. <laughs> oh, well. but yes, <laughs> yeah. But uh, in the scene where uh, what's her name, the chick, Natalia is being uh, terrorized by Oliver Reed's character. Uh, Oliver Reed's been is he's widely considered a drunk and a bad person to work with, but he's also but because it's it's more so because he considers himself a perfectionist. He wants to give a good performance, et cetera, et cetera. So in that scene where he's kind of leaving with her in the helicopter from the snow, where it has the comical, comical uh, imprints of him, 
uh, he felt that uh, Barbara Carrera's acting was his quote-unquote wooden. So uh, he pretty much got so frustrated with her, he opened the door of the helicopter they were in and threatened to throw her out. Hmm. And then she was so pissed off at him, she actually <laughs> elbows him in the chest, which is the actual take they use, and you see him like... A, like oh, react wow. to actually be like to her displeasure, but he stayed in character, and they got they got the shot. You know, it's all about. So that's a little insight into the filming of Condor Man. Uh, it was actually based on a book called The Game of X, which I I don't know if the Condor Man aspect is totally generated, mm-hmm. or if it's the same thing. Oh, you're a comic artist, but we're gonna use you instead of a well trained spy to extract a spy. It's like Armageddon. We're going to train oil drillers to be astronauts and not astronauts to be oil drilling right. drillers because oil drilling is so complex. You have to go to school for 20 years, all sorts of rigorous training to be an oil driller, but not an astronaut. No, they send dogs in the space. <laughs> and monkeys. You know, they <laughs> can monkeys. send oil drillers. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, Alvary, again, I kind of mentioned too, he said she was kind of considered difficult to work with. Uh, one night after too many drinks, he actually threw his tuxedo costume into the sea. Uh, from the hotel room in Monte Carlo, and a company manager, learning of this, the next day had to row out into the Mediterranean Sea and find it still floating because the budget was so tight, and they couldn't oh, replace geez. it, and they needed it to shoot. So some dude's out there in a rowboat, like, where is it? For the sake of... Wow. For, for the movie. sake of finishing Condor, man. You know, it's like... And we'll get into this next week. Uh, you know, like, that's in a rowboat, too, in the Mediterranean. You know, it's it's a sea. It's not a pond, so, I mean... There's sharks in it, too. You know, I mean, any <laughs> variety of thing can go wrong, much less in a rowboat for a fucking tuxedo. <laughs> but anyway, I, w- I wouldn't be like, fuck it. You know, we got, we'll use, he'll be in something different. Put him in a turtleneck. It's, that's fine. Like, who met? <laughs> Look who at the cares? dummy. He saw that on that explosion. <laughs> Watching the end boat scene with the terrible lasers. But uh, when the boat hits the rocks, the dummy just gets thrown out. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> and it's, uh, dummies are so underused in films these days. Yeah. They're always they're always special, and you catch that that shot of the dummy with its legs bending the wrong way, and I love <laughs> I love dummies, dummies are great, but uh, you actually you watch this one right, Jesse? Mostly, yeah, mostly. <laughs> so, are we in the same boat here? Or um, roughly. Yeah, I, can, I don't have Daniel's like, I can see why people praise it, mm-hmm. but yes, coming in fresh, it, it's tough to watch. Yeah. I agree with the same parts, but yeah, the Regis Philbin voice. Who can save Princess Juliet? Hell, Captain <laughs> That's all I hear evil now. Count Lorca. Who Close your eyes and you'll see him. Who? Of course, this podcast. So <laughs> your eyes are right. Or you can't see him anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it was a Walt Disney produced picture, too, but this yeah. was before you know, the Disney animation renaissance. This was kind of that period after they made a lot of the classic live action movies, you know, Parent Trap, Swiss Family Robinson. This was like the mm-hmm. bad period. Yeah. You know, and then they kind of redeemed themselves with Flight of the Navigator and some of the other live action stuff that came later. But hmm. I just wish I could hop in a time machine and say, hey, little Trey, watch this movie and then come back the next day. What'd you think of it? I loved it. No. And then, like, <laughs> the, the, the space time continuum switches, in my opinion, changes. Like, yes, I loved it too. Because <laughs> that's how time travel really works yeah, in these movies. Just true. because you travel through time doesn't mean you're immune to the effects of the past because you're still <laughs> the same person. Yep. There's, no. You could vanish out of exactly. like Back to the Future had it right. Like, oh, if this happens here, I'm not going to exist. The biggest flaw, uh, I mean, aside from the acting and everything, but special effects wise, the the flight was oh, so slow. 
And he's what like, is with that? They should have just made him sore. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't make him flap his I wings. I mean, and this is after Superman the movie, too. So they yeah. could do flying effects. Just make it exactly like that. They could do something. But, you know, I have to do it for real. And he's, you know, he's flapping. <laughs> he's flapping his wings. <laughs> and and this like is a so huge much contraption. mechanics on his back and stuff. Like, in rea- you know, it's like in reality, he's like, here I go. <laughs> <Yeah>. The end <laughs> of Condor. <laughs> It's oh, just, man. I don't know. You know. It has its charm in a way. I, again, like you said, I can see that charm in it, but it's just like, nowadays, uh, it's just like, ah, uh, no. Nah. And even whenever he spreads his wings at the end, are you serious? <laughs> He's like, yeah, jump on. Everybody's I'm like, I'm like no, 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 no. I'm just like, going to no. stay here with the terrorists. No. <laughs> He's just... I'll just jump off myself. No, of course he would. It could glide, you know, theoretically. But I mean, look at that. He's like, got her on a He's like, He looks like he's struggling. Uh, That's the thing. I mean, he's dangling from the end of a cable. And he's, like, swinging his leg. And it's like, obvious. It's, it's so awkward looking. It's just... That's why, you know, like, this is... this. I could see today it being, like, kind of like what the Green Hornet should have been, you know, when you mm-hmm. when you cast somebody like Seth Rogen. Yeah. You know, like, that. this would have been a better vehicle than the Green Hornet, which yeah, a good movie, but I enjoyed watching it. But, uh, yeah. you know, it was... That, honestly, that's reminiscent of Condor Man. So I <laughs> guess that's where it falls flat is the uh, the balance... Between being serious and being funny. Yeah. Um, it wasn't obvious enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes off as campy now. I mean, 20-something years later, 30 years later. Yeah. But yeah, campy's 30, great. Wow, yeah, 33 Just years later. doesn't work today. Yeah. Uh, so what would you give this movie out of 10 today? Uh, five and a half. Is <laughs> oh, wow, you're generous. Yeah. Gave the, it a three. Because, those, <laughs> because the action effects and stuff like that, given the time. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. the Dark Knight moment where he falls into the car. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, that's that, that's basically the Dark Knight. You know, there's, there's, there are some good ideas here. I don't it's know just, why I was driving that shitty truck to begin with. Yeah, but. why not just get into the Condormobile and they, they couldn't have caught you to begin with. You're already gone. <laughs> yeah. And why does a Condormobile not fly? Right. It goes in the water. Yeah, it's it, just it, the car it drives, with a paint job. It, 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 but it can't fly. Oh, and it has the guns and stuff. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, for the sake of uh, some people that enjoyed it, I'll give it a five. <laughs> well, I think it's a three. I'll never watch it again. Three. Although I wow. would watch a remake, I would be interested. See again, they, handled yeah. in the right way, because you know, uh, what's another super like the? Uh, not saying it's a good movie, but Blank Man. You know, they had like that. Right. You know, there is a place for funny superhero movies that mm-hmm. are. And Guardians is a good example, but I mean, it's serious but funny. Right. The perfect balance. It is. Not saying I won't expect a Condor Man movie to ever be that, that quality, you know, but it's. It, well, I think, no one expected Guardians to be that quality. That's very true, but you know, James Gunn's pretty damn talented. Yeah, yeah, but I'll ne- my my children won't watch this movie. I'll, it will never be played again in my house. And I'm not. That's not. I'm, oh, I'm not hating on it. It's just with you know, this is episode ninety two. There's mm-hmm. 91 other movies I'd rather watch than Condor. No, excuse, excuse. I'll be honest. 90 other movies I'd rather watch out than Condor Man because I won't watch Xanadu again. Oh. Because I can watch the good scenes of that on YouTube with a different soundtrack. Gotcha. So, yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> real world, on August 7th, 1981, uh, on August 1st, six days before this released, MTV premiered. Hmm. So that kind of dates MTV and this movie. And again, that was when MTV played music videos. Yeah. And the first music video played on MTV was... Video killed the radio. Exactly star. right. Do you know the artist, quote unquote, artist of this song? I don't, off the top of my head. The Buggles. The Buggles? That sounds like a kid's show. Yeah. 
Uh, although my favorite version is the one done by the presidents of the United States of America. Yeah, I think that that's the version even I like. A little more popular, probably in so. The buggles. But uh, anyway, now we're gonna hop into the lore and come back to t- well, we actually been in today the whole time because there's no nostalgia on this film. But uh, <laughs> this is the first episode in quite a while, just due to personal schedules and crazy work stuff going on. But uh, of course, we lost Robin Williams. And I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing about it, but you didn't get to hear what we think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was it was truly shocking. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things. I was playing Final Fantasy, and I look at my my mom. My parents were with me at the time. She's like, "Hey, did Robin Williams die?" I'm like, "No." So immediately, you know, <laughs> what's this? You know, could you hear every other no week you're died. somebody that dies? <laughs> I'm like, "No way." And looking up, and my brother actually posted it, which I didn't even bother checking anything else because it's. He's he's not he's the type of person that's not gonna like OMG this person's dead and immediately post was just like I mean I was genuinely shocked just like this is this sucks yeah you know because I think everybody say to say everybody listening to this podcast has fond memories of Robin Williams movies mm-hmm. uh, you know all over and of course there never the posts of people so sick of seeing stuff of Robin Williams like I'm off Facebook for the next week. I'm tired of seeing all this Robin Williams stuff, which it, it, it I mean, every every f- other post was some something. Yeah. Even de- excuse me, even days afterwards. You know, I'm glad he's remembered that way, but uh, you know, it was, it was genuinely, truly shocking to me. Uh, You've never done a uh, Robin Williams movie on this podcast. I know. We'll have to fix that. <laughs> uh, well, honestly, his best work was in the '90s. As he's, yeah. you know, I mean, not saying he didn't do it, like World According to Garp is a great film. But it's no Mrs. Doubtfire, you know. Uh, some titles here, though, in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me see. Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, I forgot he was the king. He was in Baron Munchausen. I totally forgot he was the moon. Yeah, with the, yeah. the head. And, of course, be yeah, remiss without mentioning dead poets. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, he was, you know, since, the, since starring in Mork and Mindy, I mean, Robin Williams has always been a huge comedic force. And he's he's a and it's just again because he's so funny. It reminds me of that story you hear. Uh, uh, I don't. Know, I, I think it's actually an opera, or it's taken from an opera. I don't know. What about Pagliacci the clown? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, guy goes see his uh, guy goes to see a psychiatrist, and he's like, uh, "I'm so depressed, doctor. I'm, I, nothing makes me happy anymore." And he's like, well, "What you need to do? The great clown Pagliacci's in town. You should go see him. He makes everybody laugh." And he's like, "But doctor, I am Pagliacci." Yeah, you know, it's just like, and it's so sad. And then it makes it even worse because, uh, of course, you know, when he died, uh, we watched Mrs. Doubtfire, which has always been my favorite. I don't think it's his best movie, but it's my favorite to watch. Hello. Uh, it's such a performance. <laughs> I mean, everything is such a performance with him. But then yeah. uh, Autumn, my wife, watched Hook, which I, uh, that was a huge movie when I was a kid. We had the VHS and w- watched it over and over. And it's so sad because the last line of the movie, uh, Maggie Smith's like, well, what will you do now, Peter? And he's like, oh, to live. To live is a great adventure. And it's just like, oh. It's <laughs> so sad. You know, yeah, I watched but, uh, a lot of Jumanji on Laserdisc. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Big ass Laserdiscs. Speaking of Laserdisc, uh, when I was in California last for Mother's Day, uh, that bed and breakfast they bought, which if you're in California in the Big Bear area, visit the Knickerbocker in Big Bear Lake. Uh, my parents own it now. But uh, oh. anyway, they All had right. <laughs> the guy that lived there before had a ton of Laserdisc. And I've never, I've always seen Laserdisc, but I've never watched a Laserdisc. We were digging through it. We found Dune, Star Wars, Jaws, and like, holy shit, I'm going to watch a Laserdisc. Watch the first five seconds of Star Wars, and like, this is, this looks so much, like, so much shit. Like, <laughs> wait, when was this? This was recently. Oh, okay. Like, but it was see, a Laserdisc. I watched Jumanji back in the day when yeah, Laserdisc I mean, was I, out. <laughs> yeah, it was great back then. Yeah. 
you know, pre-DVD. Yeah. But I'm just like, good God, this is so bad. I expected just at least DVD quality of, you know, no, nah, it's, it's VHS the quality. sound is nice. <laughs> it sounded, you know, CD quality. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's but basically just like, what it is. And that was the first time I ever watched a Laserdisc that I can remember. And I was just like, I ex- granted, this is 20-year-old technology or obsolete technology today. But still, I was like, I expected a little more. Mm-hmm. So Laserdisc, you let me down. Not that I cared. Right. The, the, immediately, I was like, okay, I looked on eBay. Are any of these worth anything? Like, nah. They're like no. HD DVDs. Like, my mom's like, what do you want to do with them? Like, Just throw them away. Yeah. They're, Use they're, them as Frisbees. Yeah, they're useless. Well, that's my laser disc story. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Thank you for the memories. Because, I mean, there's so many, when you really think about it, there's so many iconic roles that he did have and how much of a big part of the 80s and most of the people who list, who grew up in the 80s into the 90s, childhood as well. And he named his daughter Zelda. Yeah. He, he loved everything we did. Yeah. Uh, we, the same things we did, I should say, you know. So yeah. definitely a tragedy in my heart, you know, still hurts from that. Cause, and, and, and of course, then, you know, because he dies, like, oh, he was working on this and this and they're moving forward with this. They were going to do a Mrs. Doubtfire too. How great would that have been? Yeah. You know, but uh, one of the, the things that always endeared me to him was I always heard how much of a nice guy he was. Mm-hmm. You know, you you hear like, oh, this person on set, you know, Oliver Reed's an alcoholic and beats people. Sean Penn's an asshole. But you never, I honestly could say I never heard a bad story at Robin Williams. You know? nope. And you see him on TV, late, late night TV shows, interviews. He was always that, he was always Robin Williams. Got out of you his know? seat. Yeah. And it was did just, his thing. Yeah. I, I always thought he'd be the coolest person to work with, like on a set. Like, oh, yeah. You know, just. I mean, in Good Will Hunting, he brought a lot of those ideas to it. Yeah, that's what I, I remember hearing about that. No. Yeah. Deservedly won the Oscar for it. And just, just on set, it's like, yeah, we should mention uh, you know, Unabomber. That was his idea and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a true, true loss. And he was a true artist. It's just such a shame. But, you know, it was his choice. So in that regard, I respect that. But uh, again, we're going to continue next month with... Another request from a fellow podcaster, actually. Next week, we're going to talk about The Wraith with Charlie Sheen and uh, Nick Cassavetes, I think is his name, and uh, Sherilyn Finn, better known as the, the hot chick with the mobile eye on Twin Peaks, mm. which was a frequent, frequent friend of mine uh, as a kid in my mind when I was doing kid things at that age. Mm. But uh, don't forget, you can shoot us an email, asiavisit at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook or Twitter. Awesome. It's been so long, Jesse. Awesome Pods? Yes. Correct? Okay. Awesome Pods on Facebook. Awesome Pods on Twitter. AwesomePods.com. Don't forget the other shows. Geekly Dose. Duo Attack. Jesse Sedgley Podcast. Why Don't You Know This? Relic City Report with fresh new episodes because uh, Legend of Cores uh, has episodes out right now. I'm not sure what season it is. Yeah, they just finished season three. Yeah, so I know. Or two. Uh, and he's one been, of those. And I think they've released them online or something. So Tim's been cranking those out pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's he a lot. just released one like yesterday. So. Uh, if you're a fan August of that 31st. show, definitely check it out. And also a shout to some friends of ours in Lafayette, now versus Nostalgia. I was listening to some of them today while I was playing Final Fantasy XIV instead of listening to the same music over and over <laughs> and over for the 5,000th hour right? Uh, and all that. But come back next week for our next request as we discuss The Wraith on 80s Revisited. Until next time, I'm Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Um... <laughs> This show and
on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on Twitter at awesomepods.